Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome to the smartest guy in the room, where sometimes being the smartest guy in the room means you're smart enough to just to keep your mouth shut. Hey, buddy. Matt Smith is... What's going on, Matt? Happy Saturday. Good to see you. I have to ask you, what's up with that hat, buddy? It's a winter toque you got on there. It feels like a win- toboggan. Feels huh? like feels like winter here. It's like fifty degrees, man. You look like you're freezing. Uh yeah, it's weird. It's cold outside, but in the room I'm in, it gets stuffy because I'm up in an attic. So I put the air conditioning on, <laughs> and uh, and I also have a fan blowing on me. I I don't know. I I'm not making any sense today. I'm uh, I'm unorganized today because i did the show last week from buffalo and i brought my microphone and computer and stuff like that to buffalo i could not remember where i put my microphone today so before the show this morning i went downstairs i live in this big old house that has many floors and uh I was way up on the top level and i had to go way down to the bottom level to find the microphone and then uh I opened the fridge real quick, and I noticed we had ham, and I love ham. Let me tell you how much I love ham. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we always joke about people in cults. Like, I could join a cult if the cult leader was a piece of ham. I love uh-huh. ham. So I ripped open this ham steak, cooked it up. I gave my dog the wrapper so she could suck on the salt and the juice and... uh I totally forgot what time it was, and I had to run back upstairs, and I don't know, man. I just feel all all bamboozled today and out of sorts, but uh, I also feel like Popeye, because I just had my ham, and I'm ready to go. I love it. Well, I like your enthusiasm. We got a good show today. Um, we're going to get right. Uh, last week, you know, we talked about the idea that most of us go through life and at some point, we contradict ourselves. And like, so if you're me, you probably do it five, ten times a fucking day. Um, you know, we're we're razzing people that like will talk out of both sides of their mouth. We're all hypocrites. And I think you brought a salient point to bear, which is parents are the only people that have a legitimate uh, position, or you know, or whatever right to be a hypocrite. That. Is that a good summary, you think? Here, here. Yeah. yeah. So, so it got me thinking, you know, I wanted this. So today, it's more of a part do, D-E-U-X, which is French. Um, I want to talk about, like, what I think is me and you at our core, you and I, whatever. But, I mean, I've always fashioned myself a rebel. I'm definitely a rebel without a clue. And I, I see you as an anti-hero uh, of sorts yourself. Definitely not a hero. <laughs> right. Like if you were Spider-Man and the cop, the criminal was running by you, you wouldn't even trip him, right? You'd just be like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> too lazy. By the way, you look handsome today. It's well, I got, in- I got prettied up for you. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row. You, you, you look all put together for the show. And I got wish off the crack, you know? Wish we were on TV. I mean... We do get a couple of views on our YouTube channel, and and folks, if you're listening, man, uh, you can watch both of us clowns talk to you. <laughs> it might be a little more entertaining. I don't know. 
But I do feel hot and sexy now, so thank you. <laughs> I think it has something to do with that skull over your uh, shoulder, too, that keeps... Well, here, check this out. I've got this. I upgraded my wedding ring, much oh, to yeah? my wife's chagrin. Yeah, it's a little skull ring with the Memento Mori. Uh, <laughs> and now I tell people I'm in a motorcycle gang. <laughs> and oddly enough, if you can see my T-shirt, it's thematic. I think one of my favorite all-time anti-heroes, and I don't even know if he qualifies, but I don't give a fuck, um, is Evil Knievel. The man took the motorcycle that wasn't meant before, way before dirt bikes or what they are today and just jumped all kinds of shit back in the day. Now, what greater, you know, I'm definitely putting the, the cart before the horse, but I just want to kick it off with my just love admiration and just amazement at that motherfucker yeah he was a total anti-hero it's anti-hero is kind of action and attitude combined don't you think for sure he was a badass he was a total badass well anybody can scoff at the rules right it's like right. it you know if you think of like maslow's hierarchy of needs but then you put it in like a cool kind of packaging which is like when you're like 12, 13, you're like, I smoked a cigarette behind the school. I'm fucking cool, right? I'm a rebel, right? But then like some of us never climb that ladder to a level. And I'll put, you know who else I'm going to put up on that pedestal? John Daly. Because I love that fucking guy. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even like golf, but I, I, I'm a big fan of his. Because he just laughs in the face of the establishment gets drunk and goes out and cracks a 400 yard fucking drive and doesn't give a shit. But he doesn't know? mean what I like about him though is the impression I get from him is he doesn't seem to want to do others any harm. He just yeah. wants to live his life the yeah. way he wants to live it. And there's something to be said for that. And I'm I'm the older I get, the more I'm growing into that concept that, you know, I just want to start living I just want to live my life the way I want to live it. And I don't, it's not about, for me, scoffing at the rules for the sake of scoffing at the rules. It's, you know, it's just more of a question of, of authority, you know? Didn't Ben Franklin say that every uh, citizen has a responsibility to question authority? So it's it should be ingrained in all of us. Yeah, so um, I said ben you... Franklin was an anti-hero. He was a badass. Totally was. Yeah, I liked. I want to actually have his um, one of his a biography of his by um, can't remember. Walter Isaacson. You ever read any of his books? He's a really yeah, good biographer. I, I, I know. I know of him well, but no, I haven't. But uh, yeah, that short little fat guy was a anti-hero. Maybe well, America's first. But. The problem, the way I see it, is we we flush that out of kids at an early age and we make them little robots, you know? Uh, the great dichotomy, you are right. And it's terrible because, like, I remember thinking at one point in my life, I was a daydreamer. I still am. Like, I have trouble focusing still um, because I'd rather be engaged in my own thoughts in my head than whatever the fuck's going on around me. Until such a point in time where something around me becomes interesting and I'm like, oh, 
I'll switch over. This is more fun. Like if I'm going off a cliff or doing something crazy. I jumped out of an airplane once. That was pretty cool. You kind of have to live in that moment because you can't. You know what I mean? You're not alone with your thoughts when you're fla- falling from the fucking sky out of an airplane. Right. Really cool. I don't know. Um, what I wanted to bring up, though, to kind of put some order to this versus the chaos is, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a psychology buff and I read shit here and there. And one of the things that's always fascinated me, like I took psychology classes way back in college days. And I remember reading about something called the Milgram test. Uh And for those that aren't familiar with it, basically this guy, Stanley Milgram, set up a lab, um, brought volunteers in, sat them down in front of a a whole mock uh, kind of a computer setup, and basically said to them, we are conducting an experiment with this person on the other side of the wall. Now, the other side of the wall, the person was in on it, okay? So just to get ahead of the story. Um, And the test subject, they would tell them, whenever the person gets the right answer, you don't do anything. If on the quiz they get the answer wrong, you have to give them a metric shock. And, you know, they took them through a Q&A and like, oh, no, they're not going to be hurt. Don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And so with each question, they had a click up the amount of electricity they were delivering to this person, this fictitious person on the other side of the wall. Now, there was a person on the other side of the wall, but they weren't hooked up to anything. They were an actor, basically. So it goes like this. Let's say I'm test subject. Fucking, you know, you're on the other side of the wall, but you're in on it. So I'm like, oh, he got the answer wrong. So I'm like, shock him. And you're like, ah! And, you know, and it goes on and on and on until I've turned up the shocker to uh, <laughs> to the highest it could go, and you're now screaming in pain. And basically, so what we're testing for is to is to the person delivering the shock. How far are they willing to go because they are being told to do so by someone in a lab coat with a clipboard, telling them, "Oh, don't worry, they're not really that hurt." <laughs> and some of these people, again, you can imagine there were people that said. You know, F this, I'm not going to hurt some other person. But they were not the majority. Those were the minority. Okay, the majority of the people, and it was like over 60, almost 70%, I think, were like, yeah, they fucking deserve it. Yeah, crank it up. And it was like, the test was so shocking to Milgram himself, it became very, very controversial. It's still talked about to this day. Um so what kind, of, what kind of maniac would volunteer to be on the other end, though? The, the one who would be volunteer to be shocked if they get the wrong. No, they answer. weren't getting shocked. It was a, a they were just sitting back there like an actor, going ah, like faking it. Oh, okay. So no right. one was actually getting shocked. There was just a perception oh. by the test subject that they were okay. shocking someone else. All right. The other I, person was in on it. I get it. Yeah. And <laughs> but but Milgram did not anticipate how sadistic some of these fucking people would be. I, I think that's part of the the rub, if you will. Um, <laughs> but so so while we're talking about being a rebel and and scoffing at the rules or making your own rules, you know, the purest in you and me are because I follow rules that make sense. But I mean, I'll fucking break a rule if I feel like it. I'll give you a quick story of Jerry Dempsey. 
I moved to Hoboken right after 9-11, okay? Hoboken, New Jersey. So one particular day, I had a meeting in the city, and I'm pretty fucking lazy, so I didn't feel like walking down to the subway or, or taking the PATH train or any of that bullshit. Plus, I don't like being near dirty people. So I'm going to drive from Hoboken into Manhattan and go to my meeting. Uh, as it would be, I'm late. So I hop in my car, and the fucking tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel, is just jacked up with traffic. And there's no way I'm going to make my meeting on time. But I noticed to the left, there's these two huge bus lanes. So I'm like, fuck it. So I start to drive through the bus lane, right? And all of a sudden, some military guy, did, I mentioned this was like right after 9-11. Right. Some military guy with like a AK-47 or M-16 or whatever the fuck steps out from the side and just kind of like points it at me. And he goes, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> So he pull, he stops me, and I'm, thankfully, you know, I got a suit on, so I look somewhat professional. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? This is the bus lane. And I'm like, and I had California plates, you know, on my vehicle. So I'm like, oh, I'm from California. I'm totally lost, man. I don't know what I'm doing. And he just goes, go ahead. Don't ever come through here again. And I was like, later, sucker. <laughs> and I made it to my meeting on time, damn it. So that was a risk I was willing to take. And a law I was willing to break. Well, there's a there's actually a game my family has been pl it plays now that uh, uh, they count how many rules a day that I break because I'm just I just go through life now and I decide if I don't like the rule I'm not going to follow it. And again, you know I don't I don't put anyone's you know I'm not risking anyone's <laughs> life or hurting out to hurt anyone. But like just. Like when we're out or we're going somewhere, or, you know, there's some, I just, if I don't like the rule, I just don't follow it. And they're like, oh, there's one dad. Oh, there's two. There's three. You know, they, so they count every day. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, be, for me too, it just seems like the rules are keep piling on yeah. and they make less and less sense. And, uh, and they're always imposed by these faceless fucking bureaucrats or these these fucking, you know, twerpy lawmakers. And it's just like enough, you know, I mean, again, I'm not going to not follow a rule that is there for a good reason. I'm not going to follow a rule that is there to protect others or, you know, I'm going to follow rules that are there to, to, to protect others. But some of these fucking rules for rules sake, you know. And again, it's not about scoffing at the rules. It's just about, I guess, going back to questioning authority. You know, who are these people that have everything seems to be about control now? It's even, even bringing workers back to the office. Uh, you know, I keep reading these stories about how workers all over America are saying, fuck it. You know, yep. they, during the pandemic, they caught on that these corporations and their employers, you know, it's just bringing these people back after a year and a half of people proving that they can do their job from home. And, you know, it, it, it makes them their life easier. And I guarantee you, if you're making the worker happier and making their life easier, they're probably being more productive. And now these companies, including my employer, are bringing people back to the office and it's for no reason. 
You know, they so, want to watch them. They want you there. So yeah, they can, to your point, so they can control you. Right. So why not rebel against that? I mean, I think people are to a degree. They're seeing the world from a, you know, something good has to come from that pandemic, yep. from the way we live. I don't know about Europe and all these other countries around the globe, but definitely here in the United States, we're, there's too much busy work. You know, I, I was talking to this drunk guy one time, and he goes, I don't do shit, man. I get shit done. And I was pretty drunk at the time, and I thought, wow, that's so profound. I'm like, I want to make that my own. But it's true. It's like, get your fucking shit done, you know, and then fucking enjoy yourself, because you're going to be dead. Like, I don't, I still know a lot of people that all they think about is working. Yeah. And... Because our value as a human, since the time you and I were little kids, was what can you do for me? In other words, like the mafia, you're only as good as your last fucking envelope. I mean, that mentality is spread across corporate America, every hierarchy that's in existence in the United States, as far as I can see. You know, you're only as good as your last fucking envelope, motherfucker. Where is it? <laughs> so. Yeah. You bring up a good point, though, back in the beginning of the show that, you know, you kind of we kind of program our kids to to follow the rules. And, uh, you know, at what point in their life do they become mindless robots as opposed to, you know, critically thinking individuals? And uh, and I, I, you know, I don't I don't think you should be a contrarian for being a contrarian's sake. But, you know, God. Everything, it, I did, you've, it's hard not to go through life feeling like people more and more are trying to control us as a, you know, as a citizenship, as a citizenry. And to that, I say, fuck you. Yeah, I'm all about it. I mean, I don't know. Let's lighten it up, though, because I want to talk about a couple. You know, I was looking for... Before this, uh, our meet this morning, a little bit of research, uh, if I can call it that. And what I found interesting is I kept I kept searching for lists of top uh, anti-heroes. And they kept going back to fucking movies and movies and movies. And I'm going to take a dig at the education system here, because like when when we replace reality when we when we replace reality with fantasy there's a law of diminishing returns or like a just a fucking pendulum swing it's like there were no real people on these lists i keep digging and digging and digging for real people and then i got bored with it because they kept coming up with they i got johnny manzel i got who was the source though i was just doing it on google like no, but I mean, what, 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 the article or whatever, the list that you were... Well, I didn't even look at... You always got to look at that. Generic shit. There's so but much they, shit on, on the internet that's entertainment-based. These entertainment websites yeah. that... I, I think I know what you're talking about. I've seen lists like that, too. Well, my same, point is... Uh, sorry. Yeah, I was, I, my point was... I'll tie it to the... So, I have nothing against teachers, Okay. But when I was in college, I thought to myself, I wanted to be a college professor because the ones I had mostly sucked. And two, 
I did it, I'm like, I'm going to go out in the real world and live for a bunch of years. So when I do teach, I have like this breadth of experience, which is why I do junior achievement, by the way. I teach that. Uh, haven't in a while, but whatever. But to just go from school, 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 get a degree and turn around and then teach school, you're not bringing anything to the table new or exciting. Interesting. Like, and I, I, it troubles me that like all these people just want to be teachers um, without ever going into the fucking world and working in the private sector or working for a business. And, and you could say the same thing for a lot of politicians. But when I look for a list of antiheroes, all I got were fucking movie people. And they're not even real people. <laughs> and now we're worshiping these heroes that aren't real, that never fucking did anything. James Dean, you know, I was like, oh, James Dean, he was so cool. What the fuck did he do? He crashed a car and died. That's not a hero to me. He should have been a better fucking driver, if you ask me. But, you know, I don't want to piss anybody off. I'm sure he was great in his own right. But I want real people. That's why I said evil Knievel. That's why I said Lee. I mean, you could throw a Howard Stern in there. Because he changed the face of radio. Right. You know? I mean, he by being a fucking pain in the ass, if you've ever watched this movie, you, you could hate Howard Stern for all you want. Like, I don't know if you like him or hate him. But he did, you know, he said, fuck you to the rules. And he helped create satellite radio. He helped drive that industry. Pretty fucking I, amazing, right? I, uh, a, lot of, a lot of writers were anti-heroes. And... Uh, you know, people don't read anymore, so they're not aware of a lot of these writers. <laughs> and, Sad, you know, so too, everyone is too busy watching fucking Netflix. And uh, but like, you know, you go through the list of writers like Hunter S. Thompson and, you know, Elder Camus and all these people. These guys were total antiheroes. They were real life people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Jerry, uh, here's your break. There's a Nash. There's a nationwide teaching shortage. So uh, if you want to change young minds, maybe now's the time. Yeah, but I don't like all those the rules that I would have. To well, I'm saying you don't have. You wouldn't teacher. have to follow it. You could be, you you know. Well, I'm actually working on another podcast um, where I just teach economics on YouTube. I, I'm just still in the planning stage of it. Um, I mean, I taught a lot at Cisco for all those years I worked there. That's, I used to teach internet working and shit to idiot salespeople. And they're not idiots. They're just very aggressive, smart people that don't like to listen, which, again, those are, are my people. <laughs> those are my kind of people. <laughs> uh, but thank you for that. I will think about that and take it into consideration, my, my friend. I don't know. I think that's all I have for today. You, what, you got anything else you want to cover? No, no. You know, uh, like I said, it's been a good day so far. I started it off with ham. And uh, I got a long weekend. So. All right. You know. Well, I'll close it with a quote. It's from a guy I think you and I both like. Uh, name of Frank Zappa. He says, a mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work if it ain't open. <laughs> so whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> that means fucking America is ready to crash and hit the ground hard because there is very little open-mindedness in America nowadays. I mean, I worry about the, the world our children will inherit. <laughs> you know what else Frank Zappa said? What? Don't eat the yellow snow. Fucking guy's a legend. <laughs>
All right, brother. Have a good weekend, bro. You too, man. Later. Stay free. Stay free.